What is up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to Clash Back. <laughs> I committed to it. Uh, I'm Austin Spaulding. I'm Connor Seco. I'm Bennett Smith. And I'm Barrett Wynn. And if you're wondering why we said Clash Back instead of Flashback, it's because today we're talking about The Clash. Not to be confused with Clash, the Thai rock band from the early 2000s. Or the game Clash of Clans. <laughs> Not that you would be confused with it, but just in case. Or Clash Royale. It's, I would argue, more successful spinoff. And I would say more fun. I don't yeah, know. I've never, I've never sure. played either, okay. uh, so I can't speak for it. Both rage-inducing and time-wasting. I would yeah. recommend not. <laughs> that's why Sounds I'm, about right. That's why I have picked them up since everything got moved online. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, because it's a really good way um, to just kill time. But if you don't want to play those, another really good way to kill time is to drown yourself out with some music. Yeah, I've been spending all my time rocking the Casbah. Yeah? I, uh, yeah I've been ooh. wondering if I should stay or should I, or if I should go. And that's why I've been going between home and my actual apartment so much. You could always, uh, you know, call London. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so... Barrett, you were the one that came to us a couple days ago and were like, hey, we should, uh, we should talk about The Clash. And I was wondering, is there a specific reason? Or were you just listening to a bunch of The Clash lately? That's really about it. Um, You've just been listening to them? Yeah, so I'd, I was sort of a cl- I was, like all of us, a Clash newbie at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, that Actually, that implies that I'm not a Clash newbie now. Which that is also inaccurate. implies there are veteran clash fans there most definitely are veteran clash fans <laughs> yeah no there, there are <laughs> they're called dads <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um no it actually it occurred to me over winter break um i was or was it winter when was this it was a break i think it was actually the spring break mm-hmm. which then became eternal but the eternal spring <laughs> the eternal spring break yeah eternal no, spring but, of a very stressed out mind yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I I had gone over to a friend's house and we were chilling in his basement and his dad was actually in a band. Or I, I think his whole family plays instruments. Anyways, he has this drum kit sitting there. And then I stumbled upon a lyric sheet for Guns of Brixton, which mm-hmm. I had never heard before. And I was like, oh, this is a song about a man getting shot in the head. And I was too intrigued to not listen. So I went home and looked it up on Spotify and fell down a bit of a rabbit hole the amount of times i've fallen into rabbit holes because i find out a song is actually about someone dying has been like it's one of those things where it's like if i had a nickel i would have two nickels which doesn't seem like a lot but it's impressive that it happened twice (laughs) (laughs) wait what are you two what are your two songs well like so i i always knew the song jeremy by pearl jam right but i didn't know what the song jeremy my by Pearl Jam was about. I just knew it was one of my dad's favorite songs. And then I found out it is about a kid who um, shot himself in front of his class. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I spent that whole day reading about other songs that are like based on really dark, tragic like events. Um, But it's like that kind of stuff has happened a couple times as I'm growing up um, where I've been like, oh, there's like a fun song. And then I'm like, Oh no! Oh, this is not a fun song at all. This is a yeah, really see, sad I've, song. I have never had an experience like that, and I'm, you know, glad to keep it that way. Yeah, have yeah you, definitely. Have, don't wait, have you guys there. ever heard? Have you guys ever heard "Polly" by Nirvana? Probably, but I don't no. know. 
Polly is very similar. It's a song about a... What was it? it was a real event. I'm not sure to what extent it was fictionalized in the song, but it's about a guy who kidnaps a young girl and is then oh. keeping her. That's terrifying. Well, that's... Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. fun. It was on... I think it was on... Um, Never mind, mm-hmm. but... Well, anyways, let's uh, let's transition to to, uh, to to a real event that's a little less sad, and that's the history of the clash. The clash, yeah. I, th- I feel um, like that's a combination of events. The yeah, I guess yeah. The, yeah. yeah, we'll say an event, and that's uh, the, when the clash formed when they came together. Sort of coalesced, yeah. They yeah they the roots so of they the were clash. originally formed um, in London in 1976. Uh, well, 74, original... depending on who you ask. Wikipedia says 76, so that's it. Also, it like. also says oh. 74. Yeah, it depends yeah, on when you the, when you the officially begin. Is, yeah. It dep- depends oh, on when you begin dumb. the clash as a whole group instead of like just some of the people. This yeah, is what they mean um, to say when they say don't use Wikipedia as a source. This well, I think, it, I, think yeah. just, I think you should just you know read the article. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I it skimmed goes... it. So, <laughs> I don't so, know enough about so, the so, clash. So the, the group came together in seventy six. Seventy six, right. but John um, Graham Miller started in seventy four. Seventy four, and that's like when all the other members were getting involved. So they all came from different bands. Mm-hmm. I guess is what we should preface with. John Graham Miller um, was a deep in the live music scene, uh, playing a lot of bars or pubs since it was England. That was in 74. Um, Mick Jones was playing in 74 to 75 with a band that is, according to Wikipedia, proto-punk band London SS, which rehearsed for much of 1975 without ever playing a live show and only recorded one song. Um, then it's some stuff about their manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a guy that audition, a guy that auditioned for London SS but never got in was a uh Paul Simonon, I think that's how you say his name, mm-hmm. and then the drummer who eventually became the drummer for the Clash, Terry Chimes. So Mick Jones brought a lot of the per, uh brought a lot of the personnel, I guess you could say, and then John Graham Miller uh met them somehow and it all came and together. the rest is as they say history history yeah. right. it looks like the uh, london ss the band it um that a couple of people originally uh uh connected to broke up in 76 and that is when the clash um or the members that decided to become the clash all were like hey what if we did this but what if we did it as us instead of as them and what as if them. we do it and we do it really well and so that is the clash. That's how they came about. <laughs> and their so their their very first gig was uh, the fourth of July in nineteen seventy six. Uh, I mean, since they're you know a bunch of dirty Brits, that doesn't mean anything to them. So it doesn't mean it like us uh, red blooded Americans. But, uh, God bless. That, <laughs> but uh, at, at that show, they uh, I think they opened for the Sex Pistols. Yeah, it looks like they're. Um... Like, one of the guys that they're close with ended up, like, managing or was really connected to the Sex Pistols. And I think it's really cool to see that there's, like, such a parallel between them and the Sex Pistols growing up in this scene. Um, but that's that's on a, on a side note. <laughs> side note, yeah. I think it would be a disservice mm-hmm. to the legacy of the band 
if we did not also lead this conversation with the politics. Mm-hmm. I know we're not really supposed to get into politics on this show, but... I think 1970s politics is... Yeah, um, and I was going to say, I think we can we do can... this without particularly <laughs> endorsing or condemning their viewpoints. The Clash is a very political band. Um, mm-hmm. Arguably very socialist. Mm-hmm. Um, but just definitely very lefty in the way that punk is. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very anti-establishment. Um... Very and after we after we get Sorry. a little bit deeper into their history, um, I do have a question, kind of uh, uh, stemming off of that. And if I forget about it, if uh, if one of you guys remembers that I said this, uh, remind me later. Um, because Look, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be completely honest. I was never. I, I was always aware that the punk scene was political to some extent. But it wasn't until I listened to London Calling, the album, not the song, um, more or less in full, that it really like clicked with me just how deeply this was rooted in mm-hmm. their particular ideology. It's, like the thing is, what's wild is like Guns of Brixton is not just a, sh- a song about a man being shot. Guns of Brixton is a song about a man shooting back at police that are entering his home and being mm-hmm. killed in that situation. And it's just I mean not to not to be one of those people who would be like, "Oh, they only they don't make real music anymore." But like that is a that is a very intense topic to write a song about that you just don't see a whole lot of anymore. Yeah. Like it's hard right. to make a song about killing cops nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would be able to honestly. I you, think it, uh, yeah. I think it really depends on how you do it. Um mm-hmm. because yeah. it has to be in that way where it's like that's what it's about but you don't necessarily get that at the very start. Um Can I think that's yeah. that's very important in telling a story yeah. through song like that. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say that... I think like Something that kind of is similar to that is like when um, popular people did pop, pumped up kicks. Like mm-hmm. you, if you don't listen to it, if you don't like really listen to the song, it's kind of a fun yeah. song. But then it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that was another one of those ones I was referencing earlier where I just kind of got into a rabbit hole of um, mm-hmm. happy sound, sad, sad words. Very, happy very sound, sad words. Um, but going off of off of the background of the clash uh in the punk scene they ended up having um six um i think albums that they put out together which were the clash in 1977 give them enough rope in 1978 london calling in 79 sandist i literally can't read um yeah sandinista 1980 thank you combat rock in 1982 and cut the crap in 1985 um and for a long, the longest time, they had Joe Strummer, Mick Jones, and Paul Simonin, or, or Simonin, I don't know how you say his name, 100% honestly. Um, and that was, like, a, a big one. But they they had their drums changed pretty regularly, and their guitar changed every once in a while um, throughout the um, history of the band with um, three drummers and three other, or three other drummers and three other guitarists, but... Nicky uh, Hedden ended up being, like, the main drummer for the band um, throughout the majority of their run. Um, and I think that that's pretty good for the history. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry to cut off the talk about punk music, but I, 
I wanted to finish up the history before I went in to ask this question to you guys about punk music, and that's um, in the punk scene we see a lot of a lot of artists use their music as political stuff, whether it be obviously as we talked about the Clash, or you got like Green Day with American Idiot. Um, do you think that music is the right way to make um, like a, a big message like that, or do you think that there would be a, a better way to kind of try to take a stand against establishment? Because I think that music is honestly one of the most important ways to like show some sort of discontent um, and 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 yeah, like, I, prove that you have yeah. a problem with. The I, way I, I was gonna say, sorry, go ahead. You can go, Connor. Uh, it says uh, like music. You can you can make a really strong statement that you know touches huge numbers of people without hurting anything anybody exactly without you know tearing down the system that built you up it's one of the best forms of peaceful protest is to put out a song about it without a doubt oh yeah for sure i was gonna say art in general i think is a really good way to go about it if you're trying to be purely ideological and like Mm nonviolent. and and then like really any art form does it if you want to write um literature like I was gonna say comedy, drawing and painting. Yeah, comedy, Comedy's film, television. I think, you know, I, yeah. I think it works best in like music and film because then you can actually like include like imagery and words. Mm-hmm. Not that definitely. you can in like literature, but it's definitely like mm-hmm. it's easier to present music than it is to present a novel. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, definitely more abbreviated. Yeah. And it's easier to hide, like, the message yeah. um, and make it a little more, like, discreet yeah. and or satirical if you're doing it through the through music. Because yeah. if, you're running, if you're running a big, deep argument through, like, a book, it's going to show. Like, it's going to be mm-hmm. – yeah. but if you – obviously, as we've talked about, songs have gotten away with hiding those kind of messages before, which is really cool. Interesting, yeah. And it is sort of telling that there's an entire genre of protest music, but there's not the same – in any – an art form mm-hmm. and then music is also one of those things just just like so essential to i mean not to, not to sound pretentious but like it really is one of those things that's like been a part of human culture forever mm-hmm. and so it's, it's just so essential to just sort of like our experience that it can connect with people in a way that very few other mediums can just like yeah. Definitely. There's there's never there's nobody out there who doesn't like music. Yeah, I I think that I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um is that music anyone can be affected by it. Um And okay, so this I think that's like one of the most important things when looking at um like the background of stuff. Like I think that's one of when talking about the clash or bands that are in like a punk scene, it's really important to talk about like the issues that they covered. Um, but being flashback, we are also like the least qualified um, <laughs> to, um, to to make decisions about social issues, which is why I want to ask you guys if you had to make a song about an issue that's not like a real issue, but if you had to come up with a song. To try to describe a problem you have with something, what problem would you choose? Oh, this is my time to shine. Yeah, Connor. <laughs> uh, Connor, I feel like you could have a couple good answers yes. here. <laughs> so I want to. I want to. I, I would like to speak directly to the people that listen to uh, loud, obnoxious music 
uh, on like on speaker or like on a speaker in public, <laughs> or uh, who talk on FaceTime without headphones on the bus. Ha! Like y'all need to stop. So to be clear, we want to pick an issue that isn't really an issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, we like can't a really mild like an annoyance to you or yeah. something. A mild annoyance. Okay. We can't, so really can't go for the kill. Got show. it. We can't go. Yeah, I can't go in for the kill. Let me think. Someone else go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to avoid. I want to. Like, I overly political. Um. Yeah. As that is still how we're supposed to be. Oh, absolutely. Our yeah. man, uh, the WPGU leadership would not be happy. Big Haas is a reminder that uh, <laughs> we are just four guys in college. Um, <laughs> And anything we say on the show is not representative of the station as a whole or anyone else on the station. It is just the opinions of the individual saying them. Um, Before now that I have like that these. out of the way. That was clean. That was, Thank that was you. impressive. <laughs> yeah. um, they they I didn't would tell like me to, to say that. I just wanted to put that on the get table. That, get that in the open, yeah. Uh-huh. I would like to make a song just defaming whoever it was that decided to move the comment section on YouTube. Oh, that was the... I logged it's into so YouTube. so weird. I logged into YouTube app, scrolled all the way down to read the comments during the video, and it's like, oh, comments have changed. Click here to go to them. Change. And I'm like, then why? Why have this button? <laughs> Just leave the comments <laughs> where they were. Just, right. When did, when did this change happen? I didn't even notice this. Like a week ago so, or something. Yeah, on the, on the YouTube mobile app, now the comments are right under the description of the video instead of... Of under the recommended video oh. where long. That's you have to, like, so much click... but that's so much better. You have to click like, a, like no. Really? You have to click a button to go into it and then like usually like if you try to like leave a comment like how you used to be if you're reading a comment thread, it'll now just take you out of the comments altogether. And it's yeah. like why? Why? Why did you do this? It, it, In all that's, honesty, that's it's so much better because you don't have to scroll down into the below the recommended videos anymore. Oh no, scrolling like a little bit is yeah, because com- it's like I'm I'm, so I'm more invested I'm in the recommended videos than I am in the comments, so I would much rather just have the recommended videos right there. Mm-hmm. I just do it on my laptop. I don't even use mobile. That's that's how I solve the problem. Anyway, yeah, I was gonna say Bennett. <laughs> Bennett has the right choice here. <laughs> <laughs> I got to use it on my laptop. Why would I go to the tiny screen? Um, I think for uh, my mild annoyance, I would write a song about. It would be an increase in price for different types of milk at coffee shops. Um, <laughs> because you are charging lactose intolerant people for being lactose intolerant. Um, <laughs> and it's not fair. Does this affect you personally, Austin? It does very much so. <laughs> I guess I work at a coffee shop. So a lot of the discounts and stuff that I get, um, and occasional free drinks, like it's. Uh, at least I don't have to worry that bad, but, like, I go to another coffee shop because ours is currently closed during the pandemic. Um, there's one that's open that I can go through the drive through it, and I'll go, and I'll pick up a drink, but it's it's extra for everything. It's, like, I I don't want to pay an extra 80 cents because I can't drink milk without having to be on the toilet for the next two hours. Oh, God. <laughs> well, see, I, I've, I've got another uh, hot take about food items. Okay. Uh, vegan foods that call themselves the thing that they are emulating. Oh like, my god. Like vegan, oh, vegan mac and cheese. cheese? No, there is no cheese in that. Do not call it <laughs> mac and cheese. Um, I like the I, one that's it's chicken, but it's just C-H-I-K apostrophe N. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> god. Like, uh, I have, I, I have no, no problems with have, the foods themselves. It's just that what they're yeah. choosing to call those foods. Yeah. I really want to call, because um, uh, at the dining hall I used to work at, I used to work at Field of Greens, which is like the vegan vegetarian That's one. where they had the chicken at. <laughs> the chicken? Yeah, no. 
I really, yeah, because they called it beefless strips. I might just call it beef. Oh, <laughs> call it beef. 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 Yeah. beef sounds like a good I have, I have a. I have a particular beef with the mushroom burger from I have a Shake Shack. Beef. I have a beef with I have the a mushroom beef. burger. Yeah. Admittedly, it's no one's fault but my own because I just can't read. But <laughs> I ordered it. Oh, boy. I went to Shake Shack and I ordered it thinking it was a burger with mushrooms on it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. They're doing this sort of like... I, I don't know. I thought it was some sort of like limited meal. edition, like yeah, like some sort of like special. Like I don't know if it was gonna be like some sort of like smokehouse type burger with like yeah <laughs> barbecue style mushrooms on it or something like that. Like I didn't know what I was gonna do, and then I bit into it and I realized the patty was made of mushrooms. I didn't realize it was <laughs> oh, a no. vegetarian option, and I was so mad. Oh boy! So at my at my my high school, uh, they you, at our in our lunchroom you could buy cheeseburgers for lunch. And they had a sign up at the the desk where you ordered that said, uh, "Disclaimer: Our ch- our uh, our beef burger patties are like seventy five percent mushroom." Oh. What? It's not beef then. I, I guess it's cheaper than just serving beef patties. No, that makes sense. You mean what's, our mushroom what's... patties are twenty five percent beef? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's off putting about that is that they mix the two. Yeah. Yeah, that's really off putting. I don't. I just do. Like, one you or the don't other. know what uh. it is you're eating. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's wild. even what? worse is that they didn't specify what the other 25% was. They didn't promise that the other 25% was that beef. Yes. You just know that the 75% is mushroom. You just know that there's You're only three quarters mushroom. sure what it is that you're actually eating. <laughs> oh, boy. That's yeah. terrible. Um, pivoting back to punk, song, punk songs, Ed Ray. Yeah. The only issue I can really come up with is when people add really stupid badges to their cars. Yeah. Like yeah. when when it's like very clearly a Nissan Altima, but they slap a Mercedes logo on it and call it a day. I'm like, why? So you're not why? gonna like. I have a Ferrari sticker that I'm about to put on the back of my 1994. <laughs> you see, I think that's different. That's funny. That's different. Okay. That's, that's yeah. I didn't know if it was like people who were like who did it as like a cover up, if that, or if it was just people who thought it was funny. Because I'm doing it as a complete irony thing, and I didn't know if that would be considered. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they might be doing it as a joke, but to, when I look at it, something like that where it's very clearly like they're trying to cover up, they like take the uh, they take the regular logo off and stick the the new logo on. Oh, like, oh my lord! Yeah, that's obnoxious. I want to put yeah. a really tiny spoiler on my car, like like only like like three inches tall. I would love. Well, there's a BMW on campus where it's like he has like a lip spoiler, but then on the back he has like a tiny little Hot Wheels spoiler on it. Oh and I think I think that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, that that's that's pretty good. My favorite car I've seen on campus was the one that had like the the Galaxy uh, wrap. It was like that a one Galaxy very anime wrap or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I uh, saw one of those. I saw one of those three wheel cars on campus. I don't know what you call them. The Polaris Slingshot. Or is I that think not... so. It just it had it had three it had like two wheels in the front and then one in the back. Yeah, it's and then a slingshot. It, uh, it was, yeah, the it was player like slingshot air. is yeah, okay. player slingshot. I yeah. someone had one in my like back in my hometown, and I think their license plate was something like Batmobile. Uh, oh god! <laughs> and someone also had a Union Jack mi- uh, Mini Cooper, and their uh, their license plate was Italian Job, and I was like, props to you, sir. Props to you for making a car from the Italian Job, and then. Getting the license plate, Italian job. Italian job. Um, I really want to put Smithmobile on the back of my car, like S M T H M B L. That'd be funny. Smithmobile. I think that'd be funny, but I want to put. I don't have. I don't have really enough car. confidence to do a vanity license plate. Yeah, I'm gonna like, get my. Like... 
uh, I'm gonna get a uh, a license plate, um, like a vanity one, and it's just gonna say Barrett. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so, honored but unsettled. So I, I read there was there was a comic strip I read. I think it might have been a Cyanide and Happiness comic strip, uh, years ago. But the the comic strip was basically uh, a guy's like, oh, I'm gonna get a, a vanity plate that's zero o zero o zero zero o o so that I can commit whatever crimes I want and no one will know who <laughs> who who it is. And then the next who frame is. is uh, so we just uh, so we just uh, saw someone commit a hit and run, and we're not sure if his license plate was all zeros or all O's. And the other cop says, "Yeah, we've got his address on a sticky note in the office." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, have you ever read stories about guys with a license plate that either says like none or blank or something like that, and then they like they think it's funny that it's like, "Oh, my license plate is blank," but then they end up getting a lot of tickets sent to their place because. <laughs> Like when cops, oh, are, no. like sometimes when cops write <laughs> cops write it out, it's like, what did their license plate say? And they're writing a ticket because there's no license plates. So they're like none. <laughs> oh yikes! So it'll get God. sent to the house of the guy with that license plate, and they have to go and take it in. They're like, I don't own this kind of car. <laughs> like, <please> stop sending <laughs> me these. That's uh, a that's bad. That's yeah. bad. That's I think that if I was that guy, that's what my punk song would be about. That's <laughs> but, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, trying to bring us back to what this episode is actually supposed to be about. <laughs> yeah, we went really far off there. We had a good talk. What are other what are other forms of what what are other protest songs or other like protest minded bands that really speak to you? Rise Against has a lot of really like socially minded songs. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like uh I think it's September's Children is all about uh like bullying and suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because the lead singer is a poli sci major, wasn't he? Uh, I think he, I, I would think not he be the person to ask sci- about that. Sci- yeah, hmm. I remember because there was they. He says the rise. The lead singer of Rise Against posted something, and then someone's like, "You're a singer. Stick to singing." He's like, "Actually, I have a poli sci degree, so shut up." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." Nice. nice. I think that, and this is someone that Connor and I have talked about a lot. He's not. It, he's not part of a band or anything, but it's the Watsky. Um, the rapper, mm-hmm. he a lot of his songs like touch on how he views a lot of social issues, um, mm-hmm. and like that's cool. He, like he has a whole album about when he was like being bullied growing up, um, mm-hmm. and like songs like one. So he has I, I guess he had epilepsy growing up, um, or maybe he still does. But he he had a a song called Seizure Boy, which was just like basically a song that's just using insults that people used to call him um, and referring to him as Seizure Boy. Um, and how that affects like growing up, and it's like that those like really personal experiences I really like. Um, but then also the Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> Green Day. Just another punk band who choice, is yeah. just disappointed in how America is. <laughs> it's the only band I'll listen to that I will tolerate them using the F slur in a the song. There only, you go. To- only band I will tolerate. I kind of forgot they did that. They do. Yep. What song was that in? American Idiot. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, wow. It's in the song, and I'm like, I'm huh. like, I'm just like, eh, not the best, but it also was part of the time, so it's like, I guess it's okay. But I, I like them enough to be like, okay, you get a pass. It's why we've never listened to the song "American Idiot" on flashback. Yeah, it's probably yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, I know this is not somebody most of us would expect, but believe it or not, 
Ski Mask the Slump God actually makes protest music. Who is Ski Mask the Slump God? What? That is never a heard great of name. Mask. He okay. Do you guys remember um, XXX Tentacion? Yeah. Yeah. He was like one of his friends. He's okay. like one of the. He's one of those like Florida rappers. That's so like he's one of those SoundCloud rappers. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. He's actually like not bad. Mm-hmm. Um. It, more or less what you would expect from somebody who was extension cord as i like to call him <laughs> yeah but um he's got like he'll 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 drop some he'll drop some lines every now and then that have that are a little that are about a little more than just i think rap know, whatever else he's singing about rap is a very overlooked social change um because that's what it yes. really was like for a yes. long time it was like a huge social issues um music style and i think that yeah. it's it's lost that it's, a little bit, but at the same time, there's like yeah. artists that really have it still. Nineties, nineties hip hop was wildly political. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, even even when it wasn't like, I've I've heard a lot of interesting conversations about how even like even in the songs where Tupac is just rapping about, or like Tupac and NWA, like even when they're just rapping about alcohol or money or drugs or whatever it is like that's still a very it was still a very political thing for them because they were taking common stereotypes about their culture and turning it around into something that they could then profit off of and enjoy if that makes any sense yeah (laughs) i actually have a great um i have a great meme saved somewhere in my camera roll and it's the like the arms it's like the meme of like it's it's the meme from predator where it's the arms like clasped together mm-hmm. you know what I'm, and um on one side it's got the london calling cover art and then it's got nwa's cover art and then on the hands it just says f the police <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i love that um and I think that uh, that meme is a really good place to call it for today's episode of flashback <laughs> Um, we had a really nice conversation about the clash, uh, and then in the spirit of, in the spirit of, uh, of rebelling, talked about what we would, what we would rebel against, (laughs) (laughs) uh, which I think is the most important topic is what would a bunch of college guys who are very, what what would we take a stand against? (laughs) What useless issues do we care way too much about? Yeah. What are our our first world problems? I almost said third world. That's so wrong. (laughs) What are our first world problems? Um, but thanks for listening in. Uh, you can catch us next week where go live at, or uh, uh, podcast go live every Friday at 6 a.m. I believe um, over on Spotify. I don't know if we're approved on Apple Music yet. Um, I forgot to do this uh, the, on the first episode and the second episode and also the third episode. But um, I want to give a quick thank you to Emmy for making the cover art for our Spotify um, and all of that, like all of our. Basically every platform run with a, the little F lightning bolt cover art. Um, she she helped me make or she helped make that for me, and I really appreciate it. Um, but that's it for today's episode of Flashback. I'm Austin Spaulding. I'm Connor Seco. I'm Bennett Smith. And I'm Barrett Wynn. And we'll catch you guys later. Peace. <laughs>